Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. The following is a presentation of Podcast One. What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? Eric Bowling and Brett Favre on everything from politics and sports to business and culture. This year has been insane. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off and quit. That man right there, number four, Brett Favre. First NFL completion, and it's to himself. It's big time and prime time. That's why Brett Favre is Brett Favre. Now it's Bowling with Favre. All right, here we go. Show number seven. Here we go. Big, big show today. I'm bowling. He's far. He's there right there. Brett, what's up? Welcome, my friend. How you doing, brother? Good to see you. So we have a huge show. We, we got a lot to talk about today because, yeah. well, Brady signed again. Drew Brees. I want to talk. We get to all that stuff. But one of your good friends is going to join the show in just a minute. Yeah, Darius. Uh, some may remember him from Hooting the Blowfish. And most recently, he is a country music star. What a uh, transition. But he has made it look easy. I know it's not easy. So we'll pick his brain a little bit about that. Yeah, it's going to be great. But before we do, before we get to Darius, just remember, folks, if you're listening to the show right now, go ahead and write a review. Get to Apple, write a review, because we have a big giveaway. Number four. That, that man right there, Hall of Fame quarterback, number four, Jersey, signed to Jersey, the best and most creative review. So rate us and review us there, write a review, get creative. The best and, and uh, most creative review will get that number four signed Jersey, autographed Jersey by Brett Favre. And uh, remember, be creative. We have a panel of judges waiting, standing by to rate and review the best one. It's like three of us. <laughs> all, three, yeah, all three of y'all, maybe four of you. Whatever. Four out of five dentists recommend. <laughs> that turn in the weather means spring is here, and it's the perfect reminder to quite literally get your house in order. Why not get a head start by revisiting your home and auto insurance with Policy Genius? They've saved reshoppers up to $1,055 per year on home and auto coverage. That's over $1,000 you can put back into your budget to help where you need it. Here's how to get started. Just head to policygenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then Policy Genius takes it from there. Yeah, they'll compare rates from over America's top insurers from Progressive to Allstate to find your lowest quotes. The Policy Genius team will look at all the ways to maximize your savings, including bundling your home and auto policies. If Policy Genius finds a better rate, and what you're paying now, they'll switch you over for free. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across over thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Just so while you're gearing up for spring cleaning, don't forget to dust off your home and auto insurance policies with Policy Genius. Reshop your rates and you could save up to $1,055. Head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. All right, so we got one of my dear friends and one of the uh, greatest out there in making music, dating back to Crack Rear View. Uh, we, we go way back, uh, again, a dear friend and uh, loving to death, Darius Rucker. Glad, glad you could join us today, Darius. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. We, I, I guess there's some benefit to COVID. You guys, they're not able to tour. You're not, you know, you, you kind of, you kind of stuck in a holding pattern, which means we get you. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I haven't played. I haven't gone this long without playing since I was 19 years old. It's, it's really no kidding. crazy. Yeah. It's, 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 for me, it's really getting to that point where I'm starting to lose my mind. I just want to play a show for a bunch of people, you know, but, uh, we have, I've gotten to write a bunch of songs and making a record and stuff, so I guess COVID was good for something. So, Brett, man, Darius, yeah. I'm, I'm here in Charleston, South Carolina. I think the audience should know that I met you a couple of times uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a restaurant and, and said hello, and you're one of the nicest guys in the world. I mean, yeah. superstar, musician, has no problem saying hello to people. But I, I, I really wanted to ask you, you're, you're a Gamecock, right? I think you went to South Carolina. Just can I you tell us? Give us, give us a sense of how, you know, 
you go from college playing some playing some small venues. How did it all start? That's that's really fascinating yeah. to me. It really was one of those things where I, you know I had I always wanted to play music, but I'd never been in a band or anything. And then uh, one day I was singing in the shower because I thought everybody was gone. I thought everybody was in class, and I, think, I guess I was singing really loud. And uh, this kid came up and said, "You know, I'd met him before, and he just asked me if I could if that was me singing." And I said, "Yeah," and said, "I play guitar." And I was like, all right, man, we'll get together later and see if we know any of the same songs. And we got together, we knew a lot of the same songs. And we just decided to start doing that. And then next thing you know, we were in a band. You have got to be kidding me. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was singing Billy Joel's Honesty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mark heard me singing. And, uh, you know, that night we got together. And like I said, we knew a bunch of the same songs. And we went to the, our local chicken wing place and said, hey, man, can we come and play some music? And he wow. Was like, yeah. Now, now, was this the genesis of, of Hootie and the Blowfish? Was this... Was, was, oh, I was Hootie and the Blowfish. That was the first... That's totally... You know, that was the first band I was ever in. Uh -huh. uh -huh. Now, how long from that from that time, from the shower and, and the meeting with Mark to Crack Rear View? Oh, goodness. Not long, right? Seven, eight years, man. I mean, yeah, we, we, that may sound like a lot, but that's not really a lot. Not really. Yeah, you know, we and because the thing is, I guess three of them we were still in college, but we were playing a bunch. And then after that, we really hit the road, and it was, you know, it was great. You know, it was it was, it was a fun time. But then all of a sudden, you know, we had a record deal and life changed. But where did you get the deal? What 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 was the who is it that that quintessential a record producer sitting in the audience somewhere and hears and and, and says, "Hey, kid, sign here." Uh, how'd that how'd that go oh, down? Oh, not at all. We were uh, we were selling this CD called Coochie Pop, and uh, it, we were doing great. Like from New, we had we played the Wetlands in New York and went all the way to Florida and into Tennessee. I remember that venue, Wetlands up, up uh, West Side, West Side exactly. Highway. Exactly, and we yeah. would sell, we were selling it everywhere. You know, playing the same clubs every six weeks, selling out everywhere and making a pretty good living. I think we all made like 50 grand that year. We thought we were, we were. Y'all hung the moon, man. We got a job, man. We, you know, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> we got a job. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, so we put out the Coochie Pop and we, there were probably 10 stores maybe in the Carolinas that were selling it, but they were selling it like crazy because we go into these college towns and these college kids would go in and buy it. And uh, so that's, this was way before computers, and it was still when you did Billboard by hand. You know, you, you, you wrote it out, they called you up and said, what's your top 50 albums or what's your top 100 singles? You know, and, and, and so they would call these little stores in, in the Carolinas and, you know, Hootie and the Both would be up there with Pro Jam and, and U2, you know, in the top five selling. And, the, and so finally these record labels after a few weeks were like, who is this Hootie and the Blowfish band down there? selling with you two and, and Pearl Jam and started sending kind of people there, sending people to see us play. But the, when, it, when the guy from Atlantic came, Tim Summer, we knew we were going to sign with Atlantic. And, and, and that was, uh, it was crazy because nobody was looking for a little pop rock band. Grunge was king, you know, nobody was really. Yeah. Well, you went from that to the biggest in the world selling upwards I had to look it up because we, we before you came on, we were we were all talking. I said that, that album is packed with number ones. First of all, it's it's kind of like I'm a Hall of Notes fan. I grew up with Hall of Notes, and I went to a, a concert here on the on the Gulf Coast in a little small venue, and I, it was one of those things. You know, they sang, started singing Sarah Smiles. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Uh, and then it's a rich girl. I love that song. Well, like 10, after 10 songs, I'm like, I'm, I'm loving every one of them. I'm, oh, I forgot they had that song. I know what you mean. <laughs> Yours is the same way. It's like, oh, they, oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. You know, and you've sold 21 million upwards of 21 million albums. And I'm, I'm surprised it's not more, to be honest with you. Um, incredible. Incredible. It's crazy. I mean, that record, we still don't believe with that record. And the, and the thing is, it's still doing it. You know, it's the yeah. records, which is amazing to us. And and that was, I, I remember being in the middle of that. And I just, I just saying one day, looking around at the three, that the other three guys go, you guys know this is not real life, right? I mean, we were selling a million records a week. It, it just wasn't real life. 
Well, the thing is, sometimes in whatever world, golf, football, music, whatever, someone has mega success, but they're not really that good, you know, and it's, but they hit it at the right time, a big contract or whatever. Y'all were good. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the thing is you were legit. Um, and you, you want, you wonder how many bands or individuals are out there that are really, really good. And I think the music world is probably more evident of this than any, any place. There's so many good ones and great ones out there that just, that you never hear about for whatever reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I had my one, some of my best years listening to, to, to your, to you, Darius, uh, who didn't blowfish. I remember uh, black crows. Remember you, oh, you, you, you were competing with that. Ballady rock kind of the same era. Yeah. Great music. And I think they had an album about the same time that did the same thing. It was a bunch of number ones. Also, you guys revolutionized. You took people out of grunge and put them back into, into rock and roll, sort of rock and roll. It was really, yeah, it was, you know, it was amazing that when it happened, because like, like we said, grunge was so huge. It was, it was all you heard on the radio, on pop radio, yeah. you know, and all of a sudden this little band from South Carolina comes out and says, hold my hand. And it was really amazing that people just instantly, it was like people were like, oh man, it was like a breath of fresh air or something. Yeah. You know, something, yeah. something positive and fun and light, you know, and, and it was, it just, once it, once it, once it caught on, it was truly, it was one of the, it was a ride for the ages, man. It was. Yeah. Uh, as, as they say, all good things come to an end. And I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say it came to an end because I still hear you on the radio hooting the blowfish but you transition from that to country music and some people probably said is he crazy most people said is he crazy (laughs) but that old that old guy back in college who was singing in the shower billy joel uh another like head scratcher um you've made it work and you not only made it work but you're one of the, you know, the tops in the country music world, which I'm, you know, I sent you a message several years ago um, when you came out with, it's not going to be like this for long. Having daughters or or having kids in general, it's not. And that hit home, but, but uh, you've had so many great songs that, that one right there is dear to me. Um, But, but again, you've made it work and, Hugely successful, which is a, a testament to your your talent. Well, thank you. It was, you what made you go to, to country, Darius? I've always been a fan of country music. And, and back in, I guess, 1989, this guy, Radney Foster, came out with this record called Del Rio, Texas, 1959. And it true, I, I say this and I try to explain to people, it changed the way I heard music. I mean, it really, I was... I heard this record and went, I want to do that. I want to do that. So I want to do that. And so we were on the road all the time. And uh, one day we're sitting in my bus and some, you know, somebody calls a band meeting and, and we never have band meetings. It's no such thing as a band meeting. Like, oh, what is a band meeting? Okay. And so we get together and, and one of the guys says that they don't want to tour anymore. Wow. And, you know, and we're, we're a band. Like we, we weren't going to just, get somebody else to play and go, keep going out. Right. One of us is not going to play. We're not going to play. And, and so uh, I just thought, I remember thinking when he said he didn't want to play more, I guess I'm going to go do a country record. Yeah. I guess I'll go do my country record. And, and the thing is, I was just going to do it in the basement with my buddies. You know, I got a basement studio. Mark's got a studio at his house and Charles, I was going to get a bunch of buddies and go write some song and make my record. And all of a sudden I got a record deal. And which still amazes me because I'm telling you, logically, there's no reason to give me a record deal. I'm the lead singer of a pop band that had its moment. We still got a great tour, but, you know, not on the radio anymore. I'm the black guy, which at the time, there was no black faces on country music. So I, was, I didn't I didn't even tell my manager to get me a deal. I really didn't. I just told him I was going to make a record. I, and he was like, you want a deal? I was like, I just don't want to deal with some, well, some small label that's going to, you know, try to own my, I'll do it myself. Is what I said. I'll just do it myself. And 
then I, all of a sudden I get a phone call from Mike Dungan, who's the president of, of Capitol Records, and you know I get a record deal. It was crazy. Being wow. black in, in the country music world at the time, being the, the I guess trailblazing, uh, was it was it hard? I mean, were you embraced or were you were you shunned? Both. You know, it was it was at, at first when I, I did this huge radio tour, I went to like 110 radio stations, four four radio three or four radio stations a day, five days a week, and. I go, I went into some offices where some people were just straight up honest with me saying, I just don't, I like the song a lot. I think it's country. I think it's great, but I don't think my, my audience would accept a black country singer. Hmm. You know, and they were wrong. They were wrong. You know, and, and the thing is, the guys that said that to me, I will give them, to, I'll give them credit to this day. The guys that said that to me were all my biggest champions. Like they were, they're the guys that will, if I need an extra spin to go to number one, they'll play it two times in a row accidentally. Yeah. You know, yeah, they were, they did, and they were all saying we were wrong. We were shocked. It was it, a certain part of the country, Darius, a certain no, part of the country. It was everywhere. I mean, yeah. it was everywhere. No one really thought it was going to work. And the reason why it wasn't a song, it was because I was, but everybody, they, they all said, we'll play the record and see what happens. And, you know, don't think, don't, don't think I don't think about it went to number one. Huh. You know, yeah, they, those guys were wrong, but it's good that they, uh, they admitted it. Oh, I was, yeah, and I was glad. And the thing is, when I was when I was at those meetings and having those conversations, I was really glad that they were that straight up. You know, I was I was really glad. It was it was like okay, I get it. I, that's the hurdle we have to overcome. Let's let's go let's go beat that. And that's what we did. Was there ever a point where you said um, maybe I should go back to pop? Never, not one minute. Hmm. After the first day I went in the studio and that band started playing. And I started singing with them. I knew I was going to be this, doing this as long as they let me. What, what, can I ask you, what were your growing up? What were your musical influences? Because you, you have a wide range. I'm just wondering what, where, where did kind of Billy Joel, I hear it, the ballad stuff. But what was it? What was Al, Green was the, Al Green was the first uh -huh. thing for me. I just wanted to be Al Green as a kid. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, I, when I had puberty and my voice changed, I remember. I was trying to sing the Al Green song, and my voice cracked, and I realized I was not going to be able to sing those songs anymore the way Al sings them. And I cried. I was very upset because mm -hmm. I was getting this baritone voice, and I didn't have that tenor that Al Green had. And but uh, he was the first guy. And then it, it, I was a radio kid, man. I would sit in front of the radio and just turn a dial until I heard something. So it's people. It's everybody from you know the Stones and the Beatles and 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 you know Al Green and Gladys Knight and the Pips and, and oh yeah. You know, and it was just everything. And, and then, you know, for me, my first real memories of, of country music is being a young kid and hearing Buck Owens come out of the radio. Because Buck Owens come, Buck Owens, back in the day, he, he, he songs didn't sound like anybody else because he didn't use any bass because he wanted to, to jump out of the radio. And I just remember hearing Buck Owens songs like Act Naturally and going, that's just awesome. And Hee Haw was everything to me. Mm. It's it, it was... It was one of the three places you could see music on TV. It was Hee Haw, American Bandstand, and Soul Train. You know, and, and Don Curzon's rock concert, if you wanted to stay up. It's midnight. midnight. <laughs> and on Saturday after SNL. Yeah. <laughs> now, for you younger generation people watching this, us three grew up with three channels. Yes. <laughs> so we didn't have the luxury of going through a thousand channels and seeing whatever on streaming we we watched what was on the TV, and it was in the summer during the day. It was soap operas or game shows. Yep. So you, they're probably going, "Who's Buck Owens?" They're, they're probably going, "Hee Haw, what the hell is he?" <laughs> but we remember that. And if the president was on, your night was over. Yeah, I man. It's like, oh, exactly. if the president was making a speech, you were angry. Yeah, your show was not going to be on. Ah. <laughs> um, while we're lighting it up a little bit. Darius, you know, I, Grammys were this week and, and I have to have to bring it up because, oh, listen, let me just point out that I'm a huge fan of, of all genres of music, including hip hop. I mean, I just I love it. it's an odd thing. I grew up on rock and roll stones. You point out stones of the who Led Zeppelin and somewhere around 2000 or so I started to listen to hip hop and I just fell in love with the, with the, with the music, the beat, the, the yeah, what it was just so ominous and it just it got into my blood and I just I can't. I can't lose it. That said, you know, has we let's talk Cardi B and uh, Megan B Stallion performing WAP on on TV. I, it, I love it. I love them both as artists. I love the song. I just don't feel I didn't feel comfortable watching it on TV. Your thoughts? 
I get that. You know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't watch the Grammys. I don't watch the Grammys. I that makes two of us. I go if I'm nominated, you know, but uh, and I don't get nominated very often. So I don't <laughs> go very often. But, but uh, it, uh, it, for me, they're, they're getting, they got exactly what they wanted. Me yeah. and it's, it was three days ago and we're talking about it right now. They got exactly what they wanted. Yeah. yeah. But no, no hip hop. You don't like it. Are you not a. Oh, I love hip hop. I love, okay. I love, I love. I'm like you, all genres of music. To something yeah. like you said, it's a great song. But you know, in prime time when kids are watching, I yeah. guess the kids that are watching probably already saw the video anyway. You know, so it's like so you when you have a, I guess for the Grammys when you have a song that huge with two artists that huge, and when Megan Megan The Stallion is dominating the Grammys, you know, I guess they wanted that hit and, and they did it. And I heard it was pretty uh pretty deep R-rated. But, you know. Yeah, pushing R. I mean, may, may, may the uh, north side of, of, of R. Yeah. R, so R but R today is not R when Porky's came out. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, you know what was an R-rated movie? The Jerk was rated R. That's <laughs> That's crazy. That's PG now. <laughs> yeah, not even PG-13. That's PG. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> What times have sure changed. Yes, I mean, are. look, I'm, not that it matters to anyone, but I grew up, me and my older brother, my older brother could dance like crazy. He was, he was into, we loved breaking. Ollie and Jerry, <laughs> cool in the game. Yep. Gap band, Charlie Wilson, yep. uh, new edition. Man, that was, that was some, that was some good music now. That was great times. I mean, all those bands, you did, that was such a great time of music. And that was still when band, when people went in this, with a band to make a record. You know, right now you can make a record with, with a keyboard or with a computer. Yeah, you know, and, and they do, and that's cool or whatever. But back then, you just named all these bands that were bands. And, that, you know, I love that. Today, we're welcoming back IP Vanish to the show, and we've talked about them quite a bit. But if you're new to the show, IP Vanish is a virtual private network, a VPN for short. A VPN is a super important tool that helps you safely browse the Internet. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, even things like your Fire Stick. So when you're streaming media, when you use a VPN, all your data is encrypted. What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever you're doing, it's encrypted. IP Vanish helps you remain anonymous and secure on the Internet. And it's really affordable at just $3.49 a month. Yeah, yeah. But just $3.49 a month or $27.99 a year, you can help protect your online privacy and security. There's nothing more important than that. Here's everything you get. An anonymous IP address, which means your personal IP address can't be tracked by anyone on the web. You know, everyone's out there trying to steal your information. You'll be able to use and circumvent any online censorship and get protection when using public Wi-Fi, plus 24-7 support, email them, chat with them, even call them. They're there to help. And IP Vanish is back with an even better deal, offering you 65% off right now. So go to IPVanish.com slash Favre, F-A-V-R-E, to claim your 65% savings. They have plans starting at just $3.49 a month or $27.99 a year. Sign up now with our discount and get a VPN, virtual private network, for 65% off their usual offering. Remember, IPVanish.com slash Favre. Get the deal and start protecting yourself online right now. You bring back good memories talking about Soul Train and I've Rick D's, oh, Casey Rick, Case and Top 40. You look forward to that every week. Absolutely. Court recording on your little boom box. The whole yeah. Time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So they, uh, you got a award. I'm, I'm a little offended here. I'm Southerner of the Year. Um. Mm. Congratulations. Very much. That was crazy. Yeah. Southern Living. You know, that magazine's so huge. And, and when they called me, I, when my manager called me and said, you know, Southern Living wants to give you Southern Year, I thought he was joking. I thought it was another one of those, you know, yeah, right. You know, there's 50 million people that should get it before me. But uh, it was a it was a cool thing. And I'm so proud of being a Southerner that made it even more cool. You know what I mean? And, and, and you, you, you take over the crown from Dolly Parton. That's fantastic. Two superstars. Yeah. And, I'm sorry about that. And Dolly is. You know, That's Dolly, big stuff. Yeah. Dolly. She's the queen of all we submit. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you, have you played Grand Ole Opry? I'm a member of the Grand Ole Opry. I'm very okay. proud of that. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, I play there a lot. Uh, it is uh, home away from home for me. And uh, that was one of the moments that I really knew I'd made it in country music when they asked me to be a member of the band alone. That Can you tell us about the, the the first time you played that stage? Oh, man, yeah. Okay, first I'll start with, like, Hootie tried to play the Opry forever. And we never got a chance. They, it was never right or never the right time. Or we we just never got to play. And uh, so finally I'm, in, I'm here and I don't think it's moving up the charts. And so I'm going to go play the Opry. And I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon that we play the Opry. And I get there and they let me go out and just, you know, with my guitar at and sound check just let me go play by myself and i go out i didn't know what song i was going to play and something in the universe made me play me and god by uh, uh by josh Tur the josh turner song and, and so i play that there and i just really get this feel so i go out that night and it was truly out of body when and people say that yeah. i was looking at myself play it was it was so surreal and so crazy and it's awesome, man. I'm so excited. And back then, my song was given away. You know, the George the George Strait song, Give It Away? Mm -hmm. That was my jam. I listened yeah. to it five times a day. And so I, I get off the stage, and I'm in tears, and, and I'm hugging my manager, Doc McGee, and I'm, I'm freaking out. And right as I'm at, you know, we're just going, you, you just play the Opry, you just play the Opry. And, and uh, Bill Anderson starts singing Give It Away. And I was like, this is a friggin' movie. It's a, it's a moment. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was, it was one of the greatest moments in the history of my career. It was, it was awesome. Right. You have one. I have one of those moments. I, I, I'll never, I, they, I was a just up and coming broadcast from Fox had me on and they, they put me on the, the business network. And one day they said, Hey, you want the big seat? And at the time, Glenn Beck was the biggest show on Fox news and I got the chance to fill in for Glenn and I'll never forget. There was a, there's a jib camera and the jib camera, if, if you don't know, it's, it's a, it's on a, it's on an arm and it moves all around. And, and the, they started the show three, two, one back. And, and it was that same Darius, the same feeling, that moment of I'm watching myself about to host the biggest cable news television show on the planet. And I was just like out of body, but Brett, you must've had a, a handful of those where you, you have to, Am I really, is this really happening or am I dreaming this? Yeah, you know, uh, my college start and my pro start were so similar. Um, my true freshman year, we opened with Alabama. I make the traveling squad. I'm, I'm number three. They're defending national champs on the de both defensive ends for them that day were Derek Thomas and Broderick Thomas, two sons. <laughs> and I was, I was bulletproof. I was 17 years old. And um, after, and now keep in mind, I'm third string, and we're playing them in Legion Field in Birmingham. And uh, I was eager to play. I was like, hope I get to play. Hope I get to play. After the first quarter, I was like, I hope they wait till next week. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were killing us. Well, so I didn't play. The next week, we played Tulane at home. Tulane had the number one passing duo in. In NCAA history, Terrence Jones was a quarterback. Mark Zeno was a receiver. And um, they got a 17-3 at half. And I was also the backup punter. Not that that ever matters to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and I don't drink anymore. But me and my roommate, knowing that we were not scheduled to play the next day, my roommate was 6'8", 3'30", Chris Riles, great guy. We, we played quarters in the room. Just yeah. the two of us. We didn't have a quarter, yeah. not not in our pocket, not in our wallet, and not laying around the room. So we used a washer off the sink. We unscrewed <laughs> it. And uh, we, I, you know, I was probably about five beers in, and I was feeling tipsy. I probably ended up with about six, seven, eight. And um, the next day, we're down seventeen three, going into halftime, and the head coach comes to me and he says, "Get ready, you're going in." So I'm over there stretching my leg. I'm thinking, I'm going in as a backup punter. How, how much of an idiot was I? Uh, lo and behold, I go in the second half. I took nine step drops when I was, take, was supposed to take three. I took uh, – if it was a rollout left, I'd roll out right. And lo and behold, it worked. Uh, and, and we came back and we beat them. Fast forward to, to – uh, Green Bay, I, you know, I got drafted by Atlanta, didn't play, so I get traded to Green Bay. We First game was an unbelievable game against Minnesota. We lost in overtime. I didn't play. The next week, we played Cincinnati. We're down 
in the second quarter. Don Mikowski gets hurt. I go in, and it was sort of like a chicken with his head cut off. I mean, I was running around. I was, I was, it, I should have been in the pocket, but I saw Ghost, and I, but all in all, it worked, and we won. But that moment was the next week. We we played uh, the Steelers at home. They were uh, two and zero. We were one and one, and this I'm making my first start against Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd, Rod Woodson. Um, a really, really good football team. And I, I, I couldn't I, – Sterling, I know you know Sterling real well. Well, yeah. Thank goodness, Sterling, I remember. I, it, it's my time. I'm stepping in the huddle to begin. There's, at the time, 60,000 in Lambeau. And uh, that's when the nerves hit me. The previous week, you, you know, it happened so fast and unexpected that I didn't have time to go, yeah. I'm starting. But the next week was different. You're the guy. So when when I got called out of the tunnel, and and I was always a historian in a, in a I really respected the game. I knew all the great players that had played there before me. Um, didn't know them all personally, but but I this Brett Favre, Southern Miss quarterback, the chill bumps hit me. And there's no better place to run out or play, whether you're a home or an opponent, than Lambeau. And I knew, I didn't know how long it was going to last, but I knew this was a special moment. Uh, so, and you know, think about, I played 16 years in, as a home guy in Green Bay and actually came back as an opponent. It never got old. Practice got old. Meetings got old. The grind got old. Feeling like crap all week and then having to line up and do it again got old. But when it was time to to shine, and I'm anticipating that call out in the in the tunnel, um, or throwing a touchdown pass in Lambeau Field or Soldier Field or anywhere for that matter was uh, was a special moment. And I, I you know, I I think for you, Darius, I think athletes a lot of times, and you know this more than than anyone, they want to be singers, they want to be performers. Uh, and, and vice versa. But I think it's it's more the, the athlete wants to be – how many times you got somebody up on stage, some yeah. athlete? It's so funny that you mentioned Don Mikowski because he came up one night and sang Let Her Cry, and it was shockingly great. <laughs> shockingly great. I mean, when he finished, I said – I wrote it just – I told him, I was like, I wrote it just the way you sang it. That's what I wow. heard. It was, um, it was unbelievably great. But then you get some guys up there that are just really bad. <laughs> yeah, all right. turn the mic now. Turn the mic now. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Darius, you you wrote. You said you wrote "Let It Cry." Uh, you know, love to hear. I don't know if you can do it. If this is, you know, any any chance we can hear a little bit of something your favorite, maybe your favorite, whether it's Hootie's song or a Darius oh, Rucker. Let me see. Let me try to grab a guitar. All right, all right. Darius has been asked either in a bar, in the airport, wherever. Hey, give me a little bit of Hootie. Or yeah. give me wagon that, wheel. I was asked that last night at the bar, <laughs> <laughs> but I said no last. Night. <laughs> you got a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, help, you know, I'll give you the chorus or something. Let's see. Uh, she sits alone by the lambos, trying to find a thought that's escaped her mind. She says, that's the one I love the most. Michael Stein, he ain't far behind. She never lets me in, only tells me where she's been. She's had too much to drink. I say that I don't care, I just run my hands. Pray to God, he'll make fly away. He said, Let her cry. If the tears fall down like rain, let her sing. If it eases all her pain, let her go. Walk right out on me. And if the sun comes up tomorrow, let her be. 
better be. And that's eight thirty in the morning after a night out with Ric Flair. (laughs) You are with Ric Flair. You know, it's amazing how music does this to you. That brought me right back to absolutely the the uh, summer nights in 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 New York and just in a bar and just listening to that echo and oh, it just rolls you. Brings you. I agree. I got. I got. I got goosebumps listening to that. Music uh, definitely takes you back to those places where they were, it meant a lot to you. And I love that about music. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I think that to me, that's what music can do. Not always, but it can do. It's like, you remember the moment you sang that maybe not so much the first time you heard it, but when it, I was riding down the car and, uh, you know, two days before Christmas and, the, you know, and it's 30 years ago. Yeah. I can't remember what I ate yesterday. <laughs> me neither, man. I'm the king of Prevagen, and it doesn't help me. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> so tell us about your new album, uh, Beer and, Beers and Sunshine. Um, was it released after the pandemic? I, I, that, that song, we wrote that song at the very beginning of the pandemic. It was probably a, maybe a month in. I think it was maybe April when we wrote it and it was one of the, it was the f- first song I think in, in all the songs I've written that I was like, Oh, I, I got to get this out right now. And, and I'm, I never, ever, I got a great relationship with my label. They let me make my record and turn it in. They don't want to hear it. You know, when I'm ready for them to hear stuff, they're ready to hear it. And I, I finished that. And I, and I, I was like, I got to finish this. So I sent it to my guy, Brian Wright. And I sent him just the demo. And he said exactly what I wanted him to say. He texted me back, can we get in the studio right now? Because it's one of those songs you just wanted to get out. And we actually never saw each other when we recorded that because it was the pandemic and all the studios were closed. And so the whole song was recorded like we're doing this over Zoom, basically. And it was, I, I knew everybody was going to have these serious songs and everybody was going to try to make everybody think about how, the, and I just wanted the song to remind people that, yeah, it's tough, but there's really some cool, fun stuff in life, man. Even even if you got to be home, just, you know, and I just wanted people to feel like, and it worked. And, you know, like I always say, number one's never get old. So it, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> good, good saying. <laughs> they never get old. <laughs> I, I, Rob, we have a little piece of that, right, Rob? Can you, can you play a little bit, Rob? Rob has for the new one, my masterpiece? I never had a There you go. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And actually, the same guys I wrote Beer and Sunshine when I wrote that song with. And after we wrote that one, I was like, well, that's the second single. <laughs> it was just, you know, that song was a no brainer. Yeah. 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 Now, I think people have, that don't know you are starting to understand that you write. Yeah. It has How many other performers like, hey, man? Write me something that's a hit. I get, I, I'm starting to get those calls of guys going, "Hey man, can you come write with me and you know write something for my record?" And that's great. That's a great honor to have yeah. some young artists go, "Hey man, I love what you do. You come write with me for my record." I'm starting to get that a lot. It really starts to feel good. You know, I'm I'm the, I'm the oldest dude on country radio, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the OG. You wrote "Let Her Cry." Yes, I'm a one song. of the all-time great songs in the history of music. One, mm-hmm. I mean. For the young ones out there, listen to me. One of the, the top selling songs in history. Yeah, that one mm-hmm. was. Uh, you mentioned Eric. You mentioned the uh, the Black Crows earlier. That that song was me trying to be the Black Crows. Oh man, I, you I, know what? There's so much influence. Really? I hear so much uh, crossover influence. I heard she talks to angels. Well, she talks to angels. Oh, one of the best. Uh, that gives me. Chill. I went home wow. and I wrote "Let Her Cry." Yeah. Amazing. I mean, because you hear it, Darius, you hear Absolutely. the crossover. They're probably listening to you, too, and with, with some of the stuff. But, man, what a great era for music. What oh, well, a great era for music. I, I know zero about writing or playing, but just put take us into your mind. Like, you, you know, and I, my, my first thought is I know I know Darius. I think I know him fairly well. Uh, great guy, great performer. But I'm thinking – 
He's, you were waiting for this great story of how he wrote Let Her Cry. And, and it might be he's sitting at the end of the bar, 3.30 in the morning, and something dawned on you. I, 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 I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just tell us how what goes into something like that. Well, song like Let Her Cry was, was different. That, that song, I, I, was, I listened to I, the quick version. I, I went into a bar. My buddy was working, a bartender, and I heard She Talks to Angels for the first time that night. Mm blew my mind i mean really the first time i heard it blew my mind so i made him play it a few times and i went to a couple other bars and got him to play it i got home late that night and went on and i started playing i was playing mad and i was listening to a bonnie ray record but this song was just sticking in my head mm -hmm. and so when i was when the record was over i said to myself i was going to write she talks to angels for bonnie ray mm -hmm. and, I, and i sat down i just i figured out what key i wanted to write it in and then let her cry just came out like string of conscience i mean it wasn't it, it was basically the, the first demo was basically what the song is today. The first time I went through the whole song. So uh, that, that one came from God. But then there's also songs like, you know, that you could sit down with three dudes and, you know, somebody's got an idea and all of a sudden you got this great song that you, that you love. And that's what I love about songwriting. It's, it's those two and everything in between. It's, 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 and it's the only place I truly get to express how I feel. Yeah. Like when my mom died, the only way I could express that was through writing songs. Mm. And, and and so it, it's really become my therapy, but also the thing, sometimes the thing that makes me the happiest is sitting down and writing a song. Well, you know, we, uh, I'm here in Charleston, South Carolina and, and, uh, Darius, I know you're you're a big golfer, and Brett's a big golfer. I'd love to. One of these days, we'll we'll get the two of you, you, you together in a golf cart, and we'll we'll uh, we'll have text some with each other about playing golf. Yeah, uh, I'm ready. Darius probably uh, is a little more polished than I am. I, I I don't hit driver every time now. That's probably good. <laughs> it, it is. There was a time I went for everything. Dude, when we used to play golf. You swung so hard. You were trying to hit it as far as you could. <laughs> it was sort of like I played football. Third and 20, I got to have 21. Absolutely. Absolutely. Finally, uh, Mike Holmgren told Andy Reid, who was my quarterback coach, to tell me in my helmet, when he, he, and this went against everything he ever believed in. He said, tell him, throw the check down. I don't care if the guy's wide open down the field. Throw a friggin' check down. And so I'd drop back and throw the check down. I'd think we'd get 15, and I thought, okay, I mean, that's kind of boring, but, <laughs> but golf was that way. It's like, Brett, you know, it's pretty tough driving hole. You know, only the pros can, can split the fairway around that corner. And I, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of lost balls everywhere. <laughs> I, I, I lay up now, okay? Yeah. We're old, though. We have to. True. True. So, we, Brett and I, before you came on, Darius, we're talking about how, how successful Cracked Review was and, and as, as a debut album. And we, we talked about, in the terms of golf, it'd be like shooting a nine total on your first, on the, on the front nine. Yeah. I mean, look, so let her cry. Every hole. Let her cry. Only want to be with you. Hold my hand. Time. I go blind, the old man in me. I mean, these, these are just, these are classic. These are I can classic. sing those, not right now, but I can sing those <laughs> while I'm by myself. Come on, Brett. Come no. on, man. No, I can sing those, all of them, word for word, if, you, if I'm driving down the road and it comes on the radio. Yep. Yeah. And I'm belting it out at the top of my lungs. And, and, and probably three of your country songs, I can do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and, and there's probably more. Kind of like the the concert you go to, and you go, oh, I forgot about that one. Absolutely. So, thank you. That and that's a good thing when people can sing all your songs. Oh, absolutely. As a as a, as a as a when you when you say as a kid you want to be a singer, that's all you want. That's for people to sing your songs. And, and you know, that is. I still when I when I play a show, it's been a while. But when I play a show, there's always a moment where I always, every night when I look out in the crowd and somebody's singing some song I wrote, and I go, wow, this person from, you know, somewhere in the middle of Minnesota loves that song and yeah. sitting there singing it to me. I mean, that's, that's, that's. Or Europe. Yeah, I just before I know we're keeping you long, Darius. I apologize, but, but I mean, does it blow you away when? Have you played Europe? Have you play, yeah. played Germany? And, and does it blow you away when they're singing your songs in? 
and they don't even speak the language. You're right. Like I, my last my last live show was was uh, Amsterdam. Yeah, in Amsterdam in March last year, and it was we were all doing the big country. They have a big country music festival in Europe now, and like when you play when we play London, we we play to twenty thousand people. Yeah, and, and it's crazy. And you go over there and you say, man, we were playing Sweden, and we're in this. 2000 seater in Sweden and you know these people even they speak English of course but you know this is not their native language right. they're singing your song back they're singing it louder than you so loud that you can hear them through the thing it's 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 surreal that's, awesome. that's yeah. when you really pinch yourself and go man this is I say to myself everything I ever dreamed of I'm still living it yeah yeah it's that's great living it. that's true yeah and you're you're and, and you're better now than you've ever been uh in cool. so many ways so I was, and that, I, that's I, obvious. I, I was right. this guy when we were the biggest band in the world. Darius, can, can we just, uh, on, on, you know, Brett, awesome that you guys uh, got it together and you came on, came on the show. Really appreciate it. Darius, uh, you're, you're awesome. We'd love to get you back again sometime. And, and I personally will see you around in Charleston. I'm yes, sure I'm going to bump into you. I'm sure you'll see me at all. We'll play some golf or something. That'd be good. All right. That sounds great. Brett, awesome, awesome job. Thank, thank you. Darius, thank you, man. Love you, as Brett, always. Thank you the family for me, man. Everybody. We'll, we'll do. Thank we'll you. do. Take care. Darius Rucker, everybody. All kinds of departments across the nation, police, fire, EMS, medical workers on the front lines, all deal with constrained budgets and outdated gear and end up paying out of their own pockets for the gear they need to do their job. But there's still a job to do, and you need to get to the gear to do it. And that's why we love GovX. Big retailers don't care about you and your sacrifices so long as you're clicking the Add Cart button. So GovX created an online community that honors who you are and the cause you serve. GovX works directly with brands to negotiate the best prices possible because you deserve the gear you need at the prices you've earned. Plus, you can trust that the gear you're ordering is 100% authentic, direct from the manufacturer. The GovX catalog features best-selling, recognizable brands like Oakley, Yeti, Garmin, Vortex Optics, Benchmade, Danner, and a lot more. GovX not only delivers the deals and the gear you need, it's got the fun stuff too. Everything from camping and survival gear, Bluetooth speakers, and even tailgating coolers yeah and once you're a govx member your membership earns you discounts on everything they've got all you need to do is sign up for free no subscription fees no re-upping your membership every year once you're approved you're a fully fledged govx member for life so if you're an american of service a current or former member of the military firefighting frontline medical or law enforcement communities Join GovX for free and enjoy a community that honors and gives back to patriots like you. Well, that was great talking to to your good friend Brett Darius Rucker. What a what an, what an awesome awesome dude. Um, that, a couple of big stories before we go. I want to do some things we need to talk about. Drew Brees retiring and Tom Brady resigning or re upping uh, with the Tampa Bay with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Let's, let's talk about Drew Brees. Brett, your thoughts on, on Drew's career and, and his decision to, to step aside. Yeah, well, I, I'll be honest with you. I, it's, it's funny because we were um, we're recording this Tuesday, the 16th, for, for people listening. And a couple of nights ago, we were in Columbia, South Carolina, for my daughter had a beach volleyball tournament at, at uh, the university. And we went out to dinner with some friends that lived there in uh, South Carolina. And I, one of the, the guys, Bruce Brumfield, good guy, friend of mine, he's from Bogalusa, Louisiana, grew up, you know, with the Saints, like I did. So he has a, you know, a vested interest. And he asked the question, uh, do you think he's going to retire? And I said, uh, again, this was just a few nights ago. I said, well, I, I, I think he's coming back. Uh, because had he he gave the impression right away that he was going to retire right when it was over, and I think everyone could see that you could kind of feel that that he was banged up and, um, and I said with each day that passes the it's more of a a chance that he'll come back otherwise he would have done it right away. lo and behold, two days later he retires uh, and Bruce sent me a message and said. 
he must have heard us talking. So I was a little bit surprised. I mean, in some respects, I wasn't. In others, I think I was more surprised than I than I wasn't because I felt like he was really contemplating coming back or he would have done it right away. Um, and in some ways, I'm an expert on it. In other ways, I'm the worst person to ask about retirement. It's tough. It's tough. And the more you use get removed from the season, like Drew was with each day it passed, you start thinking, well, maybe, you know, one more year, you know, and that, and I'm sure his kids wanted him to play. I mean, they may have been torn to, to some degree, but I'm sure that you can win a Super Bowl. You can do it. And he could, there's no reason to think that if Drew didn't come back and stayed healthy, they could not win the Super Bowl. They got a great young team, well coached. Great defense. Uh, Phenomenal. I defense. mean, look, they beat Tampa twice. I know yeah. it's, it, they didn't beat them third time. That was the most important one. Mm-hmm. But they were they were certainly contenders, and there's no reason to think that they wouldn't be. And that that is appealing in itself. So, uh, can, so, I, can I tap into you because you have the experience here and uh, all, all of us uh, football fans? And So you, you make the decision. That I assume it's a relief at first. And then when does it kick in you, when you start saying, well, maybe – it was maybe I should have done one more year when it has to happen. Right. Absolutely. It happens. Um, you, and, and again, I, I, the situation with drew and the saints is a little bit different than when most players retire. He, he still got some juice left in the tank. Maybe he doesn't throw the ball with as much velocity or as distance as, as he once did. That's not really an issue. He can still make the throws. Uh, the team is intact. All they need is a is a stable quarterback. Well, that's true. There's no reason to think that they because the last four or five years they've they've ended the season in devastating fashion. Uh, some mm-hmm. on their own behalf, others referees' behalf. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to think the the stars are not in line for another run. So that's going to always play a part in his mind in his, in his thinking. And that, as as it gets closer to the season, he's gonna he's gonna think, man, I'm gonna. And what he's gonna miss is the guys, the camaraderie, the competitive part of it. He's not gonna miss the practices and all that right. stuff. He's gonna miss the bus rides, the locker room, the the, the goofy times that you have that people don't see. And and the, and when he really will miss it is when the if the and he, even if the Saints are not in the playoffs. When the playoffs hit, that's when I start thinking, this is where it really got fun because that's really what I was playing for at the end. And Drew has won a Super Bowl, but it's come very close in others. And and so when they if they get close again, he's gonna think, What if I were there, what could we do? You point uh-huh. something out, you know, last couple of years that they got bounced at ten more yards total and three different plays and, and he's, yeah. he maybe have another Super Bowl ring and, and another they, visit. They very them. easily could, I could at least say with, with a hundred percent certainty, if the ball or the call went their way, just one well, yeah. in the last three or four years, they're in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So they, at least they're in three more. Yeah. 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 Um, Brady signs a four-year extension, Tampa Bay, Bill Belichick gets pissed off. Uh, and Gronk says, I'm coming back too, but I only want to come back year to year. He wants, he wants, he wants to resign every year. Uh, thoughts on the, on the Tampa Bay situation? Well, it's a good situation if you're a Bucks fan and you're drafted by the Bucks for this upcoming year or in the next couple of years. You know, I think, first of all, with Tom, you know, you know I, I thank the world of Tom and, and uh, I call him a, a dear friend. And no better competitor out there. I think the four-year deal is not necessarily that he will play four years, but it's mm-hmm. a restructure of his contract, which says a lot about him, to a lot of money for other players. Um, you know, in spite of what most people think, Tom Brady has only been the highest-paid player in the league probably for a small sliver of his career. Now, if there's ever a guy who deserves to be the highest-paid player in the league, continually week in week out it's Tom Brady but mm-hmm. he's in it for the guys and and to win a championship and and that's not good for the other teams there's no reason to think they're not going to be better um 
Tom will be a little bit older, yeah, but his work ethic, his physical shape that he's in, his mind is sharp as ever. There's no reason to think. Now, I said this on our show a while back that I didn't think he'd win another one. That's not to say that he won't. Believe me, I, I can easily stand corrected. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I probably said that after his fourth one. But I, I think that they're the front runners to win it again. Yeah. Um, but I, but he made that decision to re-sign four-year deal to to put everything. There's no questions that you know people are going to say. Well, now he's much for anyone who would even say that he's a year older and that's going to hurt him. You're only motivating the guy. Yeah, <laughs> pissing him off. We want to take one more minute and thank our friends at IP Vantage for doing an amazing job keeping us safe online. We all spend a lot of time online, and IP Vantage is helping to keep your data safe and private. Remember, IP Vantage is a VPN, a virtual private network that can be used on your computers, tablets, phones. That's important because what you're doing on the internet isn't my business, and it's no one else's business either. IP Vanish helps you remain anonymous and secure on the internet. IP Vanish is just $3.49 a month or just $27.99 a year. And it helps protect your online privacy and security, which is really important today. And what does that $3.49 a month get you? Anonymous IP addresses. It helps you circumvent any online censorship and even gets protection when using public Wi-Fi. And that is a big one. Plus 24-7 email, chat, or even get phone support. And once again, a killer deal. You're getting 65% off right now at IPVanish.com slash Farv. So go to IPVanish slash Farv to claim your 65% savings. And they have plans starting at just $349 a month or $27.99 a year. And they're offering 65% off for our listeners. IP Vanish is the best of the best, even rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot with more than 6,000 reviews. Remember, it's IPVanish.com slash Farv to get the deal and start protecting yourself online right now. All right, brother. Belichick says he's 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 going to. It was a weird interchange with with with. He's mad now, and he 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 wants to get Brady revenge. Thoughts? Well, he's a good one of the best coaches I I would say in history, right? With Tom Brady, yes. Okay, good point. Well, and look, yeah, I think you the way they practice. The way he's drafted, the way he's done free agents acquisitions or letting guys go have been head scratchers, but they've worked. Mm. So you got to commend him on that. His style of defense, even though he has defense coordinators, it comes from Bill Belichick. Bill is a defensive guy, and I played against Bill's defenses uh, dating back to when we beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl when he was defense coordinator. They're they're simple. In, in a preparation standpoint, like when you're preparing for his defense, it's fairly simple, but in some ways it's complex. And I know that sounds weird, but it's a good scheme. And it, and it allows really good players yeah. to, to shine, but it also covers a, a, a so-so player. It doesn't expose him, if that makes sense. Yeah. So well, that's your, that's, uh, that's your, that's what you're doing. Yeah. When he, when he had to the line, you're looking, where, where's the weakness? Where's the, uh, the rip in, in the seam or the sweater? What, what, what can I pull on? Yeah, you know, it's a bend but don't break defense. And, you know, in other words, Bill's philosophy is how patient and precise can the quarterback be? Mm. Because he's not going to go one in touchdown. Um, he's going to have to drive 16 plays. And is he patient enough to do that? Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a really good scheme. Um, and he, he's a hard nosed guy in practice. If he, if he can hit legally, he's going to make those guys hit. They're going to practice hard and they don't like that, but it's worked. Now, granted, he's had a great quarterback who has been consistent over the years. Well, it looks like, uh, Brady's up for four, up, up, up to four, as you point out, he signed for four, but he doesn't have to play four, but he's, he's coming back and we'd love to see if we can sit down and chat with him too. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give him a ring. Um, 
See what happens. Awesome. Hopefully, he won't big time me or ghost me, as the young kids say. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't ghost us. Eric's running for Congress. I mean, you got to come on with a congressman uh, at some point. I'll tell right? him that. I mean, yeah, yeah. There you go. Flex the government muscle. Oh, that'll that'll help. That'll help. And by the way, uh, not sure about that. that was just a, a <laughs> I, I had to bring it up. It's everywhere in the news, man. Should have gotten Darius to weigh in as a South Carolina voter. Sorry, if you if you run for office and are, I, I want to say fortunate to win, I, that may not be the case. <laughs> do you still have time for us? Because I think the most important thing that you'll do each and every week is this show. So it is clearly <laughs> the most important thing. In fact, Brett, I'll just give you a quick story. Brett said to me, uh, "What was the Darius song that you wanted to play? That you it won't be like this for long." So you sent that to so we're on this so our viewers know or listeners know we're on this group text right, and on the group text Brett sends just to me it won't be like this for long and I didn't know the song I just don't know the song and I was like shit Brett's quitting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Like what do you mean it won't be like this? It's become like a breakup song for us now. (laughs) Are you quitting me, Brett? We just started. He's dumping you. This is terrible. Now you don't. Rob's playing the song. You don't recognize it. So I, I, I got to be honest and transparent. I, I I said during the the dairy segment. I love rock. I love hip hop. I love but not country country that much country. I just, it's the one thing that I can't get to click. And I know it's, it's the most popular genre in the country. I just, it's, I don't know. I, it's just not my thing, I guess. Have you ever heard the dance by Garth Brooks? I I wouldn't reckon. I mean, if, if I heard it, I probably heard it, but if you said it to me, well, that's what, that's the song that look, I grew up in South Mississippi. You would think I grew up with hee haw like Darius did and grand old Opry and country music. I hated country music. I, I, I told you who I liked when I was growing up. I mean, it was, you know, earth, wind and fire, cool in the game, new edition, gap band, party, you know, party train, yeah. uh, burn rub on me. Dance music, dance music. And my wife, we were in college. She said, you got to hear this song. I had never heard of Garth Brooks and it's the dance. And, and it's, Rob, you have it? It sold me on country music. Beneath the stars above For a moment All the world was right Brett, you're, How could you're, you're I a, have You have a tenderness side to you that, that I You've you yeah. found and you've embraced it I'm st- I still don't think I have that You know, I, one of my joys is Several years ago, I, I had a chance to tell Garth Brooks himself, and I'm sure he hears this all the time, that he converted me to a country music fan with that one song. And it's and that's 100% absolutely true. Uh, now, I still like, you know, all the stuff I liked before. Um, I, I listened to 70s on 7, a little bit of 80s. I listened to The Groove, Channel 50 which plays a lot of old stuff my my you know my growing up days and I listen to country music Tim McGraw is one of my closest friends Kenny Chesney is one of my closest friends mm-hmm. I love their music uh, I, 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 I've gotten a chance to know and call a friend Luke Bryan and, and Toby Keith love their music and they're so Luke Combs great young up and coming star um, but I still get back to my roots uh, uh, so there you go. Look at you. You know, you know, the, you know, the dudes you spread your wings. You got to spread your wings. <laughs> I'm going to listen to the, the last dance. What's it called? The last no, dance. The dance. The last dance. Oh, the Although dance. it's sort of, it's sort of about that, but you know, Garth revolutionized music period. Yeah. And he crossed over to all. Um, so uh, he crossed over to me. All right. All right, I, I'll give you a shot, Brett. I'll give it a shot. Give we it a shot. If you, look, week. if you get voted in the office, especially in South Carolina, you have got to. <laughs> Wagon you wheel, my theme, my, my campaign song. How's that? You, you might want to hire Darius as your campaign manager. 
Uh, you know, he's big in South Carolina. I know. And that's why southern, we should. Southern, southerner of the year. Listen, this is why we should have, we should ask him about that. All right, Brett. Great week. Great job. Thank you for uh, bringing your, your, your friend Darius Rucker on. Just an awesome dude. You, both of you guys. Well, thank you. See you next week, everybody. What about Brett Favre? Follow the show on Twitter for the latest news and links to all our social media channels at Bowling with Favre. Bowling with Favre is executive produced by Ali Brito and Rob Jenners. This has been a presentation of Live by Live's Podcast One. What's better than courtside seats? Free sports on Pluto TV. Hey, sports fans, get all your sports free on Pluto TV. Pluto TV is your home for sports. Watch 24-7 channels of MLB, MLS, MMA, sports news and analysis, plus documentaries, TV shows, and movies, all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts, ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device.